From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Howdy to those of you tuning in on one of our affiliate stations across North America. And hey you, listening to the live audio stream on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Next week on the program, Hour 1, we'll talk JFK as we approach the, my gosh, the 56th, 56th anniversary of the uh, assassination of John F. Kennedy. And uh, assassination researcher James D. Eugenio uh, will be here. Hour two, we'll discuss the miracle molecule Carbon-60 with the owner of SES Research, Chris Burris. And Carbon-60 has been shown in a peer-reviewed study, a mammal study, to double the lifespan of rats. Uh, Canada's Edgar Casey. And the last of the sleeping prophets, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, stays with us this hour. Douglas, let's talk about some recent visions you you may have had. Uh, can we start with Earth changes? What do you see? I wrote the book, uh, The New Earth, and prior to that book, it was uh, beyond 2012. We're talking about this global warming. And years ago, you and I talked on your show in Toronto, CFRB, uh, where I had a vision that the Earth's core was turning at a different speed than the Earth's crust, which meant there was going to be uh, a lot of heat. And I had predicted at that point that the oceans were going to go up to three or four degrees. One is really bad. One degree above current um, or normal is bad. Two is disastrous. And, and four degrees is absolutely horrendous. And that's where we are now. Scientists came along after the fact uh, sorry, after I was on the show stating my vision uh, and had, had divulged those facts that we're headed this way. So where are we right now? The earth is wobbling. The ice caps are melting because the planet is being superheated from within. We're going to see more volcanic eruptions. We're going to see more earthquakes. Certainly the oceans are heating up and we're seeing all kinds of of hurricanes and cyclones and tsunami and all the things that the water, because of its being superheated, is causing these disturbances of weather. And as such, you know, in a physical way, it's going to get worse. As we see the countdown to really huge disasters happening where the West Coast from Alaska down to anything west of the Rockies is going to suffer in North America to the flooding of uh, Africa, the continent shrinking. I think I've said that on your show as well. It's in my book as well, that the the reason that I saw Africa shrink, and it was not known to me until sometime later, was that there is a plain all around the outside of the continent of Africa that should the ocean rise up three meters, it's going to flood that plain, which would, from a overview looking down at Africa, you would see the continent shrink things in the Middle East, there will be a firestone underground that's going to come. Uh, we're going to see more and more um, flooding of the Mediterranean. Matter of fact, the Spanish government, uh, when I was there in 2011, 
I was interviewed in the Antar magazine, and I had predicted that San Sebastian in the north would be flooding, and it is, and that the um, entire, in Barcelona, there would be two lakes that would uh, bracket the city. There are two rivers there uh, now that are flooding, and they will make lakes, which I had seen, and I had never been to Barcelona before. And, of course, the uh, political climate, when I was in that inter- interview or being interviewed, I said that in the future there was going to be riots and banking failures and other problems in Spain, to which uh, a lady in the know, who's an attorney, said, Douglas, Spain is such a stable country. What you are saying is impossible. Well, now we know that the Catalan people are trying to separate uh, from uh, main, the mainland of Spain. We know that the flooding warnings are out there, that the... The heat is uh, enormous, that the sands uh, from the deserts of Africa are coming into Spain because of the droughts in, in Africa. Well, I'd also said that Africa was going to be an enormous uh, um, economic... Um, uh, before we get in, I don't want to get into economy yet. I don't want to get to the economy yet. I want to save that for a moment. I just want to come back to something about the, you know, the oceans heating up. So let's be clear about what you're saying. I'm on the record. I've been pretty clear. I don't believe in, in man-made uh, global warming. Uh, but so you're saying that this any any events that we're seeing, these are not man-made. This is a natural event re- based on the mantle spinning at a different rate than the inner core causing friction. So there's nothing man-made here. This is not fossil fuels putting more CO2 into the atmosphere. This is this is the Earth heating up basically from within. That's right. I, I saw that. I guess it's been 20 years ago. I was when you were at CFRB. We started that. And I have said this over and over, and, and the book was written in 2011, so that's, uh, you know, eight years ago, and plus the time to make the book. We've never seen it as carbon in the air, um, you know, aerosol, uh, freon gas in the, in the air, which caused that uh, big hole over the south, uh, south Pole. Never seen that as, as being, you know, the cause. It's been, maybe they're contributing factors, got to admit that with all the planes and cars we have going we've we've helped to heat up the air but the real problem from my perspective as as an intuitive person seeing clairvoyantly remote viewing if you will in a dream vision i saw that the earth core was heating up because it was spinning at a slower or different speed than the crust some scientists have come out and said that's a natural natural occurrence i don't believe it is i believe that my attention was drawn to it because something had shifted as you go online, you'll see that there are four. Somebody has has done some sort of mapping uh, in the Earth, and there are four channels. And there is, it's like veins or arteries in the body uh, that that go through the mantle. And where these um, areas come close to the surface, is where there are major fault lines and earthquakes. So to answer your question, I do not believe this is a man-made uh, problem, and it cannot be handled by restricting you know uh, man-made gases or chemicals it's got something to do that this is a natural occurrence that our planet is now coming to a point where it's going to have a crisis it's going to change which it has done several times in the past edgar casey has said there was at least four if not five other catastrophes in the world where society has had to start all over again and I think that's where we're at now. Hmm. Um, In terms you know, of, the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the predictions of other people, from Bill Scallion to Ross Peterson to Edgar Casey. Um, I have seen the coastlines flooded. 
I have predicted things, you know, in the last two decades that are now actually happening. So by virtue of saying if what I predicted 10, 20 years ago, and even more recently, three to four or five years ago, is happening, then there's a good chance that what else I've said is going to happen. In other words, I've said things, they are happening, and some of the things that I've said have not happened. The probability is that they're going to happen. And part of that is global flooding. There are going to be land masses come up in the Bering Strait. There's going to be a land mass come up off the coast of Argentina. Uh, you know, Casey often talked about Atlantis rising. Well, we know that there, there are land masses that are just below the surface that are popping up. There are underground volcanoes that are making new land or continents, you know, and that's, where's that water being displaced? Well, it can only go up. But the heat from the Earth's core is being, from the bowels of the Earth, from those deep channels is being transferred into the oceans and the oceans are heating up in which we're going to have terrible loss of of creatures and fish in, in the ocean which is going to put the world into in some places in the world that depend on the oceans it's going to put them into great difficulties but now, uh, how, to answer your question yeah. directly here this is not a man-made problem okay but uh you, you mentioned formations coming up out of the sea but um, just trying to understand how would that work if the ocean levels are rising? Which, I mean, this maybe this will happen in the future, but there was certainly it's happening now, Richard. Well, it's happening. Now. If you I don't know. Your, if you if you take a, a let's say you have a bucket of water and you take your fist and you put your fist in the water, what happens to the surface? It goes up because the fist, your hand, has displaced exactly the same amount of water mm. that your fist is. Well, if the earth buckles and a new ridge comes up, like the Rocky Mountains, like the Appalachians, like in, in Switzerland, uh, scientists over the years have come to the conclusion that mountains are formed by the tectonic plates crushing together and forcing one way up in the air until you know, the, the height of, uh, of the highest mountains used to be flat. And if that happens again, where the earth buckles, and a land mass comes up, where does that water go? It's not going to evaporate. It's not going to, um, you know, go into the atmosphere. It's going to, uh, it's going to go up. It's going to flood the coast. Well, all the, uh, all the underlying areas, including uh, Louisiana, uh, and, and, uh, Ross Peterson was highly specific on that. You can listen to some of his tapes. He was talking about dikes being built and, and it was going to be flooded and the delta was going to disappear. Florida. Again, that's at sea level. Anything that's close to sea level is, if any kind of shift anywhere of any magnitude is going to cause the coastlines of uh, many of the continents to, to change. Uh, again, I don't discount the possibility of that happening in the future, but I want to be clear from everything I have read and known, because we hear this a lot from the climate change people, that, in fact, I was at a high school open house last night uh, with my boys who were, uh, were shopping for a high school, and we went into the geography classroom, and they had the posters there about uh, 56 islands are, you know, are about to disappear. And the, the idea that ocean levels are rising, they have been rising since the last ice, or the end of the last ice age. It's been rising at a steady rate, in fact, since the middle of the 19th century. Something like, well, it's less than three millimeters per year, every year, since like the Civil War. So there's absolutely no indication of an extraordinary rise in sea level in 150 years. None. However, 
I'm not discounting what you're saying that at some point in the future, some some unforeseen situation could cause the ocean levels to rise. But I don't see it happening now. It's just not there. Well, I know, but it is. Uh, the people in Spain have been warned by the government that the Mediterranean is going to rise between 5 and 15 meters. Uh, San Sebastian, the uh, oceans are creeping up. Uh, there are people in Florida that are complaining that somebody should have foresight to see that the, 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 their backyards are flooded with their boats. Uh, Lake Ontario, if you go down to uh, Center Island and you go uh, to even along the lakeshore, uh, it's high and the lakes are high, not because it's running off and that the lakes are filling up, but because the whole continent and the, and the water, the water's got to run out somewhere. I mean, Casey predicted, as did Ross Peterson, that Niagara Falls is going to run backwards. Why, w- why would they say something like that? Well, if the water rises, uh, levels rise in uh, the ocean, the St. Lawrence is going to run the opposite way, which is going to fill up Lake Ontario with salt water, Lake Erie, which is a very low lake, and Niagara Falls will actually run backwards. And then, of course, the, the big thing is, where is that water going to go? It's going to go down the Mississippi. It's going to go down Lake Michigan and hit to the Mississippi, which many other seers have said. But it's happening right now, Richard. It's not incremental. Uh, if, if for those who are looking around, it's uh, our lakes are, are swelling and the coastlines are shrinking, and people are preparing for it. Governments are already saying things like, you know, we're going to lose uh, coastline, and it's it's out there. I understand the point of view, and I'm not an alarmist, and I'm a realist as well, but this is where it's happening right now. We have more volcanic activity than any other time. We have more earthquakes than any other time, and we have more uh, weather problems with uh, tornadoes and hurricanes and cyclones going in. I mean, across the, I had predicted that there would be um, hurricanes going east and west of, of uh, Florida in the last couple of years. I predicted sunspots uh, where activity were going to increase. The sun uh, has actually changed poles north to south, south to north. So there are all these things that are happening now, but it doesn't appear like it's you, know, you and I are sitting in our houses. We're doing okay. We go down to the lake, but the people who are close to these places that are seeing that the lake is coming up, it's threatening Lake Ontario, the Great Lakes, but also the oceans along the shores. So, uh, is this going to take another generation? No, this is happening in the next you know present ten, fifteen years, maybe you know less, maybe a little more. But the volcanic activity, Casey's time clock was that when you see Mount uh, Everest and uh, and Mount Vesuvius erupting, that's kind of the countdown. There's something going to happen in Japan, and then something is going to happen to the west coast of California. So there is a time clock out there. Uh, it's happening now. All right. Let's talk about the uh, uh, geopolitical scene. You sort of hinted uh, at, well, we've seen unrest not only in Spain, we're seeing it in France, uh, we are England, seeing it in America, in, in yeah, England. Everywhere. Sure, it's uh, so. What uh, what other hotspots right now do you see? Maybe that aren't even on the the radar, but they might just pop up out of nowhere. Well, the Middle East has always been a, a tinderbox. Uh, Casey referred to it as that, and Peterson. Um, I've in my book, The New Earth, we talked about Syria. Keep an eye on Syria with things going on there. Uh, this populist movement, 
whatever that means. Uh, we have people who re- realize they're in politics now, a lot of new uh, younger people, and uh, they're in their mid-30s or so, and they've never really gone through really bad situations politically, like like in the, in the UK, they haven't gone through the uh, the IRA issues way back when, when I was growing up. Uh, the things about the Vietnam War when I was growing up. And we have this, this idea and the, the intention is that the mindset is that we want change. We want change now. Our way is the right way. Everybody else is wrong. Um, immigration is a huge uh, problem and that uh, immigrants should just stay where they are. The immigrants are moving because they're living in really bad situations or circumstances that's why they're leaving they're not leaving for economic reasons they're leaving to to save themselves so the the thing in the uk where where, um, uh, we have england wanting to leave the uh the biggest marketplace in in europe and be and go it alone Uh, we have america with uh sort of an isolation mentality they want to go it alone uh we have canada and mexico sort of I don't know, dealing with everybody in the world, but we, we in Canada seem to be the best negotiators. We're the only country that deals with the other G7 leaders. So this, this thinking, I can't put my finger on it. I don't understand it. Uh, I see it where um, there is just this disruption where there's, let's, let's tear everything down, but there's no idea on how to build it up, and it's going on all over the world. We go to, you know, into... into um, 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 I was going to say Singapore. We go into uh, Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. That's where I'm going. Yeah, and it's kind of like this is epidemic. So it can't be a single uh, cause. Like it can't be just people who. who well, how about it? How about people that are just? How about when I when we talk about the populist movement? And by and large, I would consider myself a populist. They are they are revolting against, and it could be a left wing, uh, left leaning populist. Revolt. It could be a right-wing populist revolt. They're just tired of the elites and undemocratic institutions. Well, that's I, I'm like when I was growing up. Uh, I'm you know when I was in high school, we had hippies and the flower power children, and we were doing the same. We're exactly the same. Uh, the situation now is that what's next? Okay, it's it's okay to be discontent, and and I can tell you, I was a bit of a rebel myself. I was not a hippie, but uh, every new generation has that within. What I see now is that there's no after the fact. Okay, and like there are people, and the internet has been something that's amazing. We can uh, get information uh, really fast, uh, but the amount of deceit that's out there, and the amount of people using deception uh, is far greater than when it was when I was growing up. However, the attitude was there, yeah, we want to make the world a better place. But what I see now is like, uh, this is not intended to to offend anybody, but it's like, there's so much anger and frustration, it's like, let's tear everything down. Uh, My heart goes out to the people in uh, Barcelona, uh, in Catalan, and the Basque country. Uh, There's been always generational, tribal, if you will, discontent. But the Catalanian people want to separate. And then do what? It's just like when I was going up and the FLQ was in Quebec and the Quebec people wanted to, at least the government wanted to separate from Canada. And we kept saying, okay, and then what? Uh, 
So the question is, uh, I can understand the discontent. I can understand that there are elitist people and there are always those people who are a them and us mentality. But in order to get ourselves out of this, in order to have uh, some construction from, again, me going through in my lifetime a few of these experiences that I recounted, is like, what are we going to do to replace it? Certainly the Internet has this huge influence that we can do uh, amazing things when we have a mindfulness to cooperate. There's so much anger and hatred that people aren't talking to each other. Uh, our friends to the South, it's like it's a them and us. And I, I talk to my American friends and I say, okay, I'm a Canadian. I don't understand. Um, you're all Americans and you certainly have different philosophies and points of view. But why is there so much hatred? Okay, why we, is there so much uh, anger? We can pick that up on the other side, but I'll give you a, a, a clue. One side has criminalized differences of opinion. That's uh, where we're at, I think. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk some more on the other side. Douglas James Cottrell, Canada's Edgar Casey, the man with X-ray eyes, stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. And we are back with Douglas James Cottrell. DouglasJamesCottrell.com, the website. Douglas James Cottrell, C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L.com. We were talking about what I call uh, this age of anxiety. Where do you see, do you see this, for, let, we were talking about the United States, and one of the things I'm fearful of is, we all, we're in the midst of a culture war. Western Judeo-Christian values pitted up against uh, what is really a, a Marxist dogma. And, and the great concern is, because there's a total collapse of, of uh, a civil discourse, if you're a conservative, you're being bludgeoned by members of Antifa if you go to the wrong rally. If you have the wrong opinions, you'll be deplatformed, you'll be demonetized. This has happened to me. You'll be kicked off Facebook and Twitter, etc., etc. At a certain point, all it's going to take is one incendiary device, and this could be, we could see, we're in the midst of a non-shooting civil war. Do you see a, an actual shooting civil war breaking out south of the border? Well, I would I would say yes. We are already in that. We have random this phenomena of random shootings. I never would have believed in my life that Ross, when Ross Peterson predicted that you could be shot uh, going down the street with a bag of groceries in your hand. Uh, he said that back in 1974. I never believed that would be possible. There had to be something, and, and we have these horrific things of, of school shootings. It's something. You know, we're in a shooting war now, only it's not out in the open. Uh, the people who do these things are monsters, but we always have had monsters in our life. Um, recently, there was somebody who went in and, and uh, stabbed a, a three-year-old to death in its crib because he was angry at, at, at the mummy. So we always have monsters uh, around us, and we always have this animal nature. Humans 
are attempting to become human beings. But right now, you know, the, the pendulum is swinging more towards the animalistic natures of ourselves, and I'm not trying to sound anything other than to be descriptive. So I agree. When I, I had a, a, an American friend up here the other day, and I said, you know, in your country you have freedom of speech. You can say basically anything you want in the First Amendment. I was trying to compliment him because I was relating to my situation with the, the CRA and the federal government, which is uh, um, not the, well, the CRA government and government influence, which is, is tyrannical and clamping down on us, and, and we don't have freedoms as we do south of the border. And the man remarkably said, oh, no, Douglas, you can't save things now. You can lose your job if you say the wrong thing. Right. And if you I have the wrong opinion. Not, yeah, if you have the wrong opinion, they will come after you. Right. So um, depending on which side you're on, I try not to be on either side, but if you're on the, if you're on the red side uh, and you're talking to somebody on the blue side, uh, they will retaliate. And if you talk to somebody from the blue side to somebody on the red side, they will retaliate. The way out of this is to actually believe the basic values that everybody has the right to an opinion. The only thing is, I would counsel, listen to the other side because there might be a possibility that their opinion might just possibly be a correct one. Not for everybody, but for themselves. And this ability to listen and this ability uh, to live in a country. Remember, America is one of the greatest, is the greatest country in the world because it was an invented country. It was invented back in the middle 1700s so that it became what it is today, a society that seeks above all freedom. And they have, again, they have better uh, rules. Uh, they, they have a, They have a type of democracy that I'm just learning about now at my age is totally different than what I thought it was, but they have a democracy set up where Americans have the right for the pursuit of happiness and freedom. We don't have that in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, not there at all. We have only four basic freedoms that are guaranteed in the Charter. So America is an amazing country, and if uh, people were to uh, admire and aspire to have that same mentality of, okay, we have freedom, but that comes with it the responsibility to say, I, my opinion is just as important as your opinion, and I respect your opinion. If that can be maintained, this is the way out of this confrontation of hate and, and anxiety, and I mean, people are rising to the occasion of taking out weapons and killing them, killing other Americans because they don't believe the way they believe. And, and this has always been a problem. This is not just an American problem. This is a problem throughout the world where people uh, want to be right. They don't want the other side uh, to be right. They want the other side to change to their thinking. And both sides trying to do the same thing, you end up with combat because there are some people who will pick up a club, pick up a gun, pick up a knife to make their point of view. And that is the devil in action. The devil is everywhere in the world now, and the more uh, violent people become, the more hateful people become. Right. The more they give in but there's to no side. there's no sign of that civil discourse returning anytime soon. Uh, so what what I'm I guess what I'm asking is, do you see 
an all-out shooting war, civil war. You know, we know who has the guns. It's it, they're conservative people, they're ex-military people, they're and they all tend to vote, you know, conservative. They have the guns. So everybody has guns in America. Yeah, everybody. By and large, they are conservatives. I mean, that, that's just oh, there's no question about every, it. Every time I meet an American, I always say, "So, have you got Betsy with you today?" <laughs> <laughs> but do you see a shooting I've, I've war? Had, a shooting war. I've had workshops, and people have come armed to my workshops in the past. So. Uh, Americans have this, um, well, there's this expectation that they should and they have the right to bear arms. We do not have that right in Canada. And most uh, other countries have disarmed the civilized, their, their civilizations or their, their civil population. But America, they have that right, again, because America is an invented country. And they believe that each and every person has the ultimate right of freedom. Of course. And if of course. the way the way out of this, because no, not a, not every other country in the world has that. We don't have that in Canada. No, oh, they gave Canada it away. They gave it away yeah. to their detriment. Unfortunately, well, the right to defend uh, well, themselves. But do you see a okay, shooting war? We, we just don't a, have that. Yeah. Well, the answer, the answer, Richard, is the way out of this is just to respect one another and say, I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you think. I don't like the way you believe. I don't like anything about you. But. I respect that you have the same rights that I have and that you will defend my right as I will defend your right, that we have freedom. Mm. And if we can get past that point, then, like all things, we have freedoms, but we have to say it, it's, a, it's something where freedom means negotiating with each other. Might does not make right. And if we can get into that area, which we are, there are groups now, there's there's classes and workshops I've heard. They're getting people together from both sides, and they're kind of talking about it. And they say, okay, you know what? You're just like us. And that's like, is it not like all enemies in the world when you get people sitting down at the table and you find out that they're not the boogeyman, they're the same as you. They just, they just believe differently. That's the way out of this. And here's the answer. Is God watching over all of this? Yes. Is this all happening because it's God's will? No. This is our will. But God will fix the problem. And the way God is going to fix the problem, believe it or not, the earth has a consciousness, from my perspective. And the worse we are, the more angry we are, the more violent we are, the earth is responding in kind. It's kind of a sounding board. It's reflecting back the way we are. And my opinion is we need to take care of each other. That means taking care of the refugees. That means taking care of the poor people. It means being taken care of people who are in need. Because what's happening is the earth is going to fix the problem by getting rid of the pestilence, by getting rid of the irritations, like a dog shaking its back and Flicking off the fleas. Okay, I've got to take a time out here, uh, Douglas. We'll come back and uh, chat some more. Earth mm. changes, politics, geopolitics, how to become a remote viewer. Douglas James Cottrell stays with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Douglas, just remind people about your upcoming remote viewing quantum meditation course happening in Texas in January. Right. It's a development of your intuitive abilities and skills. And as you um, uh, have an interest and aptitude, if you want to know the truth, 
I mean, the things I say, um, uh, the things I've seen before, somewhat counter to the way I believed. And if you want to get a hold of the information, the truth, what's out there in the spiritual world, as I just said a moment ago, the Earth has a consciousness, and we're part of it. When we live in harmony with the world, uh, we do better. And that's what we are here to learn, is how to get along with each other. And that's the number one karmic thing, is how to learn how to get along with each other. The Course in Texas will uh, help people understand how to develop all of the um, intuitive abil- abilities or skills, especially if they have been to the Silver Mind Control or they've taken other other courses and, and people like uh, Rosicrucian material and, and different aspects. Uh, they're going to be... Um, it'll be explained from my perspective, but basically everybody's talking about the truth. And the fact is that it's how you perceive the truth, but the remote viewing course is how to get into your mind so that you can perceive things just like you did with seeing that airplane. When you want to know who's lying or who's telling the truth, you can see it. Sometimes clients ask me if somebody's sneaking money out of the till and I can see them reaching in the till or not. You can see or perceive the truth about the future, what's going to happen, so that you can make good decisions today to be in harmony with what's going to happen. But the course is how to train yourself to go into that spiritual quiet zone and be able to use your clairvoyant abilities to look forward. We talk about telepathy. We do a lot about dream interpretation, visions, and other things that go bump in the night. We talk about what it's like on the other side in the different dimensions, especially how to access the Akashic Records. And wouldn't it be great if you wanted to know how something was going to turn out or where there was a safe place to live or what was a good thing to invest in or what were the markets going to do or is your house the best time to sell it now or next year? Or if you're in some uh, some position and you say, you know what, I really like to do something better in my life. What am I suited for? The idea is you're working with your high self or soul mind. And this is, of course, to get in touch with the spiritual aspects of yourself so that you can become a better human being by understanding that the low self, the physical self, and the high self, the spiritual self, are the one and the same. But learning how to interact with them You'll have better health, better wealth, and you'll get along with people. And hopefully you won't be so angry, but you'll be able to understand what's going on, but from a perspective of knowing. Anyway, the development is to meditate, to learn how to develop the energy fields around you. We talk about chakras and auras and how to read auras. We talk a little bit about dowsing. We talk about all the spiritual gifts or abilities that anyone has, and I can demonstrate them, and I do, and I explain them fuller so that I can help my students overcome the one most difficult, devastating thing, and that is self-doubt. We draw a line on the floor, Richard, and we say, okay, when you come through the doorway, there's the line on the floor. Doubt stops here. And and when you go on the other side, I want you just to tell me what you see, not what you think, not what your opinion is. Tell me what you see. And the things I've seen, horrific and amazing. I have uh, I've been to the highest of the high. I've had experiences that are uh, usual but unusual. I've had biblical experiences. I've been in, in positions which have helped me understand that at the end of my life, I won't be alone in the dark and gone forever, that there is something after, and I'll know where to go when I get there. I'll know the way to heaven. All right. Give us the particulars uh, again for the course. How do they sign up, and when is it, and where? 
Well, they can sign up by contacting um, my assistant, Sophia, at douglasjamescottrell.com. They can call uh, 519-471-1110 in the 519 area code, 471-1110. They can send an email, info at douglasjamescottrell.com. But just go to the website, and um, it's all there, all the things that are going to be there, uh, what you will see or learn or experience. But most importantly, Everybody that comes to the course always has some personal something going on in their life, and that usually gets resolved. And if you have a mind to want to be like Edgar Casey or Paul Solomon or a remote viewer or a lot like Richard Serrett being able to see things at a distance, <laughs> you just uh, click on douglasjamescottrell.com. I'm all over the place on the Internet if you Google my name. And the dates uh, again, uh, Douglas. We need the dates and, and the location. Yeah. Okay, it's the middle of January to the end, January 17th to the 25th. You arrive on the 16th and you leave on the 25th. Uh, we have uh, meals are included at the hotel. You have breakfast. We have lunch and uh, dinner or supper, depending, uh, covered as well. And uh, transportation back and forth from the airport can be arranged. And hotels, about, you know, it's a 25% discount. Jan 17th to the 25th, 2020 in Fort Worth, Texas, douglasjamescottrell.com for more information. Back for one final segment with the man with x-ray eyes. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. Douglas, the last segment you alluded to the Akashic Record, and of course you've written a book called Conversations uh, with the Akashic Record, or In the Akashic Field, I think is the, the title. Explain briefly, if you could, what the Akashic Record is. Where is it? What does it look like? How do we tap into it? Mm-hmm, okay. Um, over the last 40-something years, I have uh, studied many um philosophies, and I have uh, mentors, Reverend Alec Holmes, uh, Ross Peterson, Edgar Casey, by virtue of his books, and uh, my pattern or life is the same as his. So we've come to this conclusion that somewhere out there, when you close your eyes or when you're thinking, there are thoughts that manifest, they come, and then they go. Intuition is the same. Creative ability is the same. It, it spontaneously arrives and then it goes. So dreams are another way of understanding that. So where does it come from and where does it go? Uh, in my course, I talk about all the abilities, telepathy, clairvoyance, clairaudience, spiritual healing, visiting higher dimensions, uh, the knowledge of intuitive skills and finding out who you are and where you've been, past life stuff and future uh, advancement, you know, and being given an insight between the differences between your human mind and your spiritual mind or the rational mind and, and the contemplative mind. So it's quite intensive in understanding, uh, those things that are around us that we go through every day. But to, to answer the question, the Akashic records are a place out there where all the minds are connected. All the minds that are spiritual minds, and a soul that comes into a body, in the, comes from the pre-existence, lives the life, and then returns to the post-existence. And the magic is to understand that the pre-existence and the post-existence are the same place. And that the Akashic, or the heavens and dimensions above, are 
well, let's call it on an ascending scale like Jacob's Ladder, every dimension is one step up the ladder. And the more aware and the more divine or spiritual become, the higher you can go up because the higher you love and love unconditionally, the higher the dimension it goes. The lower you are, if you're more in the animalistic and the, you know, the, the violent and unloving uh, dimensions, then the lower you go. So there's this up and down um, steps or dimensions. And the Akashic is that, that library in the, in the celestial uh, dimension where all knowledge is kept. All your thoughts, all your intentions, all the consequences, or sorry, all the the um, uh, the consequences to the actions you've taken are recorded, and you, as a spiritual being, can go and visit this celestial library and sort of determine by looking back in your in your memos what you did in some past lives and what you need to learn to get to those higher steps. You can go there and you can study and determine when you come back into the world what your your race is going to be, what your your family is going to be, the environment you're going to be brought up in, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the Akashic is that storehouse of knowledge. While you're here in the world, you're able to sort of take a day trip through meditation and go back and and go to that book that has that information that you're seeking, that invention, that decision you have to make, that guidance, that wisdom that you need or that truth or that understanding of why things are the way they are. This is a place where the Akashic field or record where all knowledge is stored. And what I'm attempting to do is to say that your intuitive abilities or skills, your quote-unquote spiritual abilities, which are listed in the book of Corinthians, they're all there, is to attempt to show you that you have this ability to come down in the world, which is where we are now in, in kind of like this workshop, this uh, kidney garden where we're experimenting with finger painting and we're, we're attempting to find out all the things that we're attempting to find out. But in the Akashic, the knowledge is there. And so if you want to understand some wisdom, you want to find a solution, then you go there and you can find out who and what you can do. The world is always about you, not about them. And in the Akashic, remember, you came into the world as a baby and you're going to leave as an adult, and you came alone and you're leaving alone, and you're going to be welcomed back into the post-existence, which again was a pre-existence, which is your true life, your true experiences up there, not here. This is the temporary one. And that's why it makes, uh, um, makes me, after seeing all the things I've gone through in my life, the, you know, being the hippies, the... Uh, the Vietnam War stuff, the IRS confrontations, the tragedies in, in faraway places. It, it kind of makes it uh, irrelevant when you look that this life is but one breath in the life of the soul, and the soul lives forever, so there's no need to be in a hurry. The biggest thing is how to learn how to get along with each other. So you need guidance or mentoring or information. This is where the Akashic field uh, comes in handy where you're in that that realm of knowledge where you want to know something and you can be given it and it will be the truth. So does that mean that, uh, let's say, for example, uh, someone who is clairvoyant or someone who's psychic, uh, when 
are they actually reading the other person's mind or are they accessing that person's personal file in the Akashic Record? Well, that's many different things that you've just, uh, in that sentence, have, have indicated. Uh, telepathy is reading somebody's mind and being able to pick up things from people uh, intuitively, from premonition or precognition. Those are all levels of awareness. But the Akashic Record is when you want to find out about yourself in particular. There's no problem. You have free will and free choice. If you want to intrude on somebody else's welfare and find out about them, sort of snoop around, you can get a little information if you're entitled to it. If you're a mummy trying to find out about your, your child, what your child's going to be um, in the future, how would the best education go, what can you provide for the child to get his best life, that's allowed. But basically spying on people from that level is not allowed. There are some sort of rules up there. Uh, but at the same time, you can be given information about somebody like, uh, if I go to work for this company, uh, that supervisor, Bill, or Mary, will they be a good boss to work for, or how can I serve them? Uh, will they help me in my career? Or, oh, my God, they're a bully. I'm not going to go there. Uh, I see some personality conflicts, so I won't even start the job. You can get information that way. But you can't basically intrude on somebody and manipulate them, although the dark side does exist. What about an inventor? Are they accessing the Akashic Record and looking into the future? Because many inventors have sort of credited their inspiration or their source uh, of knowledge for their invention from coming from someplace else. Well, I'm I'm the same. I have patents and I have new ideas. Uh, My friend and I are starting a a pizza company. I'm investing in Pizza Del Campo in in Texas, pizzadelcampo.com, and it's just about to open. And many of the um, decisions and the menu and, and the procedures have all been given to us by dreams or visions, and we are proceeding with patented uh, products. We're, you know, we're coming up with a new uh, fast food uh, product uh, that will be patented. So the idea is that if you want to look at it, that there is nothing that is invented. It's more like it's been remembered in the Akashic, and people who have invented things um, have credited dreams uh, or revelations during sleep or visions. And uh, you can go to, um, well, many of the more famous people from uh, uh, Edison who had a dream about a bear standing up with uh, to, uh, uh, with the sun between its paws. Well, that was basically a light bulb with the two sides with the, with the bear wire, the bear wire uh, that was illuminated. And uh, you can go to uh, Edison and, and all kinds of people who, who will... Eventually, well, if you read their biographies, who eventually got around to the intuitive uh, side being providing information, uh, Edison, uh, Einstein, I should say, would meditate when he would have a dream. And I think that's how he came up with uh, his famous formula. Well, so uh, if we want to learn how to tap into the Akashic Record, is that something you're also covering? That is the main thing and how to do that. When you get into okay. the Akashic field or record, uh, as again, you want to find out the truth about your, your political leader, your um, uh, your country, where to go, whatever, whatever is of benefit to you. The information okay. is there. It's like going to the library and researching it. That's happening Jan 17th to the 25th, Fort Worth, uh, Texas. And more information at DouglasJamesCottrell.com. Douglas, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon, I hope. 
It's always a pleasure. I, I really, truly enjoy your, your shows, Richard. You're an amazing guy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. And uh, back next week with a brand new program, James Eugenio, JFK assassination researcher. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.